Welcome to a new episode on Hamburger Generation, Jeel Al Hamburger, with the melody of Chan Chan and the image of Che Guevara in his head. Fajr embarks on a unique journey filled with excitement to the land of revolution and cigars, Cuba. Listen in and enjoy. With couch surfing, you kind of have to make a profile and put yourself out there. I don't know what the scene like is now, but I can certainly speak about a few years ago. Another part of the world where you can choose to stay with locals is Cuba. Mm. In Cuba, it's a very interesting uh, setup for tourism. They have their hotels that are very expensive because they're marketed to rich foreigners. So mm. within Havana... How does it work in Cuba? It's a communist country after all, no? Yeah, break down the system for us. Yeah. How can you go as a tourist? Most people go as part of a package. So a lot of our friends in Canada mm-hmm. would go to Cuba, part of a one-week, two-week holiday. You land in Jose Marti Airport in Havana, just outside of Havana, and then you're driven to one of the all-inclusive resorts. Maybe if you sign up for a day tour, you can hop on a bus, Go to Havana, hmm. see the main historic buildings, the Museum of Liberation, of Revolution, sorry, and then drive back to your resort. I don't know the statistics, but that's the, maj- the vast majority of people that visit Cuba. The typical Cuba trip. That's your typical Cuba trip. My Cuba trip was, you know, coming again out of a place of hmm. uh, longing to do something more. Hmm. I've just spent a year and, in Latin and America. Mkalleh. And I'm kind of fuck. You got a bed, I'm asleep in it. So I went on couch surfing and I've just spent a year in Latin America. I've been to 15 countries. My Spanish was at its best. I was infatuated with Che Guevara. And the only Spanish book I've ever read was Che Guevara's Motorcycle Diaries, which is also a movie. And I remember just being like, <clears throat> you know, when you're young, you're really left leaning and you're idealistic. And it's a good thing because. If you're young and you're right-wing, you're a monster. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And they always say, if you're old and left, you're stupid. You know, as you grow older, you're like, recognized. But I was very young, idealistic, following the Che Guevara vibe, having just traveled across Latin America myself, and I really wanted to end it off symbolically in Cuba, the home of revolution, where Next. Che Guevara went. The history of that country plays out like a movie. And without getting... And too many different tangents. I was in Belize. I overlanded to Mexico. And from Cancun was the flight to Havana. And I got a one-way flight with Air Cuba. Cancun is an awful place, by the way, for somebody who's trying to be idealistic. Right, yeah, It's yeah. Horrendous. Yeah. yeah. Every white girl in Halifax during like break, break yeah cancun exactly it's like imagine zero culture tequila being poured down your throat and it's it was it's bad and it's easy to hate and it's awful 
I remember hitchhiking to a place called Punta Allen, renting a hammock for a few dollars a night, some lady's house, until my flight date came. Wow. Yeah. So I, I flew to Havana. Fezzer wasn't having it. I wasn't having it. I'm like, I'm out of here. Mm. This place isn't real enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I land in Havana. It's like the beach. You know the movie The Beach? Oh, that's a great movie. It's an even better book, by the way, which I read during mm. that trip. So I was living that world of, of like, yeah, purist. I have to experience more, man. What's the next level? And really, Cuba was the next level because uh, all roads, the Latin American story is tied to revolution. Every plaza, every city and every village and every town in South America has a plaza central, a midan, mm-hmm. which has a statue of a guy called Simon Bolivar. Simon Bolivar is half indigenous, half Latin America, and he liberated Latin America from the Spaniards. Mm. Okay. okay. So Simon Bolivar is a liberator. This guy? This one person liberated what we know today as Venezuela, uh, Colombia, and Ecuador. And his legacy and his, his, his vibe carried through Latin America to liberate the continent from mm. the Spaniards. Nice. So there's that vibe in that continent. Okay. Mm. And all the roads, it's, that's why Latins have, their blood is fire. Yeah. They dance, they, you know, they, it's music. Yeah, it's like inspirational. It's, yeah. it's hot, you know, mm. caliente. <laughs> caliente, <laughs> hot. <Yeah>. Means <coughs> hot. All those roads, <laughs> all those roads lead to Cuba. Mm. Yeah. All that revolution, all that energy, all that sexy. Like Cuba is the heart of it. It's, it's where it leads. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. I'm feeling Cuba, it. And the veins are... A Vienes Abiertes de Latino America is a very good book. The Open Veins of Latin America. Oh. Historic book. Yeah, yeah. All the veins. Yeah. They describe Latin America as the veins. And the different veins are transporting the different minerals, more than minerals, even coffee, gold, and how it was sucked dry by the Spaniards and the Portuguese. If anybody's interested, you can really rabbit hole yourself into that one. Mm. But all the roads and all of this energy of revolution leads to Cuba. Mm. That island brought in the Che Guevara's, the Fidel Castro's, the anybody who's anybody. Imagine, man, 10,000 kilometers, 16 countries, half a billion people that speak the same language, the same religion, that have all been oppressed the same way. You know what I mean? Mm. We're Arabs. We can yeah. definitely dig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, sounds, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Sounds familiar. So Mexico was the breeding ground of all these left-wing people. And you've always heard about the Contra Wars in El Salvador. You've heard about the wars in Nicaragua. There's a big leftist ideology being fought by America because it's America's backyard during the Cold War. Right. Mexico is a hub for anybody who's anybody who's left-leaning, who's thinking along those lines, and that's where Che Guevara ended up. And they all ended up getting on a ship, going to Cuba, and literally overthrowing an Ameri- a dictator backed by the U.S. named Batista, yes, mm. who turned Cuba into a, a, a brothel slash casino for American tourists mm. while raping the locals. But these, these guys with their ideology, they went there, and they like, literally, I think there was like 60 of them in the jungles, of of Cuba and over through this government and like liberated this island and for whatever reason America let it be yeah. so it was like a fertile soil for everything cool you know so if you're young idealistic obviously and having spent time there you think this place is cool so on my flight there I booked 
couch surfing because I know, yo, couch surfing. This is where it all goes back to couch I mean, I'm not Che Guevara, but I'm a couch surfer. <laughs> Level three verified member, may I remind you. I want to embody the spirit of Che Guevara. Che Guevara didn't even get level three. No, he didn't. <laughs> uh, che Guevara, interestingly, was assassinated by the CIA while leading another revolution in Bolivia. But his bones and remains were flown back to Cuba and buried in a place called Santa Clara, in the center of the island. <clears throat> che Guevara read revolutions in uh, Africa. As well. Yeah, yeah. So there's a good connection, by the way, with the Cubans and... Until today, Palestine, Cuba, Western Sahara, the non-aligned nations. But upon arrival in, in Cuba, I had a, a couch surfer lined up. I don't know much about Cuba. What was the profile like? Yeah. Yeah, his name was Javier. Okay. <laughs> you know, he had a room. Mm. What I didn't know... And I learned a lot on that trip. Even I thought I had Latin America figured out. I've been to 15 countries over the past year. And I thought I had it figured out. I'm like, it's no problem. I'll land and figure it out. I landed and I went to his casa. And he, Javier showed me the, my room within his apartment. Mm. And then he said, it's 25 convertible pesos per night. Oh, that's not the couch surfing that experience. Is not the spirit of <laughs> couch Doesn't surfing. Doesn't sound verified to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, turns out... Number one, in Cuba, it's illegal to have a foreigner stay in your house. Oh, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Number two, they have a system of accommodation called Casa Particulares, which are basically homestays where you pay the locals money. Hmm. And you have to fill up like this big old paper, paperwork, and most of the money goes as a tax to the government. Okay? Okay. Javier did not mention any of this in his couchsurfing profile, and I really felt betrayed. Hmm. when I showed up and I had to pay money. So I stayed with him a couple of nights and I bounced and I only left him with a very poor review. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I've never left anybody a poor review. And I'm like, yo, this dude charged me money. But then he reached out to me being like, hey, uh, Fahir. <laughs> In Espanol, mi nombre es Fahir. <laughs> my name is Fahir. Uh, he tried to explain y, to me. Y mi it? nombre is Jamil. Oh, Jamil. Jamil, like jabón. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, okay. okay. So basically, he kind of explained his situation, and I remember changing the review to like a neutral. Okay. What was his situation? Basically, these are the laws of the land, and don't be so hard yeah, on like, me. You know, don't Wait, can I, can I please interject here? It's illegal for you to stay with him, but you still have to fill out paperwork and pay taxes? How does that make sense? I thought I was going into a proper couch surfing situation. Yeah. However, I was going into a casa particular and ah. it was advertising on couch surfing. Okay. okay. So it's a legal housing unit thing. Yeah. Uh, whereas couch surfing for free would have been illegal. Exactly. Actually, in Cuba, there's, at the time, and I'm talking in 2007, 2007-ish is when I was there for two months. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, the rules were like very particular about foreigner local interactions. About Why? currency. It's a communist country. Police patrol. There's a black market. There's a white market. They want the foreigner to be in the white market using the... There are two currencies in Cuba. There's a local currency called the peso. Uh-huh. It's got Che Guevara's picture on it. Uh. And... They got another currency for foreigners called a convertible peso. At the time, a convertible peso costs 
24 times as much as a local peso. No way. So you pay 24 times more than a local does because it's communist. They're backed by their government. Mm. Right. But also, what you have uh, spending money Example. to locals. Yeah. It's a communist country. Isn't it like every family gets the same amount of more income? or less you're you're correct they get very little like a doctor and a garbage person it's not very much everybody will get their basic needs taken care of okay the system is whack because that doesn't make sense when i show up as a backpacker with like a few hundred dollars in cash i can outperform the biggest doctor there mm. in money power spending yes that's why they have two currencies that are floating and me as a foreigner, I'm not supposed to have a local. Like you can't corrupt the system with your money. Yeah, but I didn't show up on an all-inclusive tour when I, I showed up on my uh, thing. <laughs> yeah, so like within two days, I had my hands on the local currency. Mm. And I was lining up in front of the government-subsidized shops to buy pizza for the equivalent of five cents a pizza. Wow. Cigars for a cent. Huh. Ice cream. Dude, everything you can imagine. It's amazing. <laughs> they have these windows and it's like a wooden plaque and then they like stick names of products that are available. So in the morning, all the products are available from flour. Uh, cigars is the funny one. That cigar. Yeah. It's so Cuban. Cuban and it's yeah. subsidized. Yeah. <laughs> pizza is the big thing because, you know, who doesn't love pizza? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. We, oh, sh- ice cream. So and, and as the day... Progr- <laughs> I love the ice creams on your list. Legit. Oh, oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities of life. As the day progresses, they start pulling out these names. Mm. So there's less and less products available. And that's how every day went. Uh, so to buy that, you know, you show up with a local currency. Uh-huh. I remember going to a movie theater and watching a movie with a local currency and being caught by the ticket person being like, my Spanish is okay. I don't have a Cuban accent. Mm. You know, and then being like, oh, are you uh, Cuban? I'm being like, no, I'm a, I'm a resident. They're like, show me your resident card. And I'm like, uh, lo siento. And then like getting yelled at and humiliated, you know, like. Getting yelled at. Yeah, like, hey, you shouldn't be paying, you know, two pesos local. Two pesos local is 10 cents versus, you know. Times 24. Yeah. The point being, it's like there's a system, and I was yeah. kind of sliding underneath and being. You're slide. taking advantage, and yeah, yeah okay, I get so it. So that's what Cuba's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I remember getting a haircut, going to a barber, an official barber, and him quoting me something like fifteen dollars, and you know, in a, con- a convertible peso, by the way, is stronger than USD. Oh. So yeah, so I remember that being like one convertible peso is like one point five USD. So I go for a haircut. They'd be like, "Oh, ten cooks, CUC." Convert it. And I'd be like, fuck that. I'm not paying 50. I know a doctor makes like a little bit more than that. (laughs) Or a doctor, you know, point being, it's like, I'm not going to pay $15. So I walk out and then a lady runs after me. She's like, oh, amigo, amigo. Mi hermano. My brother is a barber. Like, follow me. We walk through the alleys, open a door, go into a living room and there's a barber chair in the middle of a living room. There's grandma and grandpa. A little, you know, two generations later, there's like a baby that's naked running around. And I'm sitting in the barber chair getting my hair cut for one convertible peso. Okay. Mm. Which Same, is 24. Which is like, you know, I just paid so much less. Yeah. One fifteenth of the legal government one. Not only that, when you do any legal government stuff, you have to fill up paperwork. Like I went to a government restaurant and I paid seven convertible pesos for a meal. Mm. A simple meal. And I remember the waiter bringing me like tax forms to fill up. <laughs> 
what? That's how communism worked there at the time. And I remember being like, this is so ridiculous. I became savvy. I was there for two months. Like, towards the, not even toward, like after a week, I learned what all the illegal restaurants are, which apartments you can walk up to, knock on the door. They open the sliding thing. They look at you. They let you in. And they're like, okay, today we have chicken, meat, and fish. And it'll be like two pesos. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's an, the illegal black market is bigger than the white market. Yeah. Same thing for petrol. Same thing for buying cheese. Same thing for buying everything. Why cheese? Because I stayed at an illegal casa after I moved from Hector's place. <laughs> yeah. I found a place that was like a quarter of the price and he was a cheese dealer. Okay. So he would go to uh, Pinar de Rio province, which is the most western province. That's where they grow the tobacco and farmland and he would bring like cheese in the kilos and like cut it mm. and sell it <laughs> so imagine are we talking ca- about real cheese right now i'm talking about real cheese yeah but is cheese like a valuable commodity there there's a black market there's a white co- guys i don't i honestly can't uh, say that i'm an expert in how cuban economy works i'm just a guy who's telling you his experience yeah. okay there's an illegal cheese market along with everything yeah Okay, so everything can be sold in the illegal market. Or you can go through the legal way as a foreigner and get screwed. Hmm. Um, So yeah, it was like that. And I became better at it and just felt more confident cruising the streets of Havana, knowing where the illegal restaurants are, where I can get my illegal, not illegal, black market. Hmm. This and that. And just like really getting into it. And then I started working in the, I showed up at the Cuban Arab Center. Hmm. Okay. Cuba has relations with non-aligned Arab countries like Palestine. A lot of Palestinians are studying in some Cuban cities, uh, people from the Western Sahara, Algeria. So I showed up. Somebody told me, oh, Arabe, you should go to the center. Mm. And then I started going in for a few hours a day volunteering, simply practicing Arabic with Cubans. And these guys were doctors that were... So what Cuba does is they don't have anything to offer the world except human capital because they're such a highly educated country. Education is free. Healthcare is free. That they export doctors to Venezuela and Venezuela gives them petrol. Hmm. Really? They do the same thing in in some Arab countries. So I didn't know they were the high, one of the highest educated. Yes, yes, yeah. The highest in everything. Like Because it's communist. Education is free. A lot of doctors, a lot of super qualified people. And literally, that's what they have to offer the world. Plus, they have the blockade with the United States, which is a whole other thing that I failed to mention. Mm-hmm. America, 90 miles away, has had a blockade on Cuba for decades. So, I mean, if you have a blockade from the U.S. and you live halfway around the world, if it affects you. But imagine they're like, you're on a tiny island and they're your biggest neighbor. That's why the cars in Cuba are 60 years old. Yeah. That's why they make do with everything. I remember having flip-flops that broke and like the idea of me throwing them in the garbage was laughed at. A guy in the street like invited me to his house, got a metal thing over a fire and fixed them and that was that. Yeah. They make do with everything. So uh, I don't want to take this away, but uh, just like a very short thing. This really reminds me, it's not to that extent, but it really reminds me of Syria because a lot of things you're saying is like, like the cars being super old this is Syria. Like when I used to visit there when I was a kid, you'd see all the cars are very, very old and you don't see the brands that you see anywhere else. 
because because mm, they're like self-sufficient yeah because mm. the same reason is uh they have a they had a, a closed blockade. country yeah, that from the u.s to make do yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, Cuba's that. No, no KFCs, McDonald's, all of these. In fact, I was in Syria when they opened the first ever KF, like American franchise, which was KFC, and that was the biggest thing. And like the families brought the kids, and they, they everyone was dressed up, waiting in line to go into KFC and have a meal. Oh, it's funny you mentioned that Cuba does not have McDonald's or any fast food. There's one McDonald's, and it's in Guantanamo Bay. Okay. <laughs> which is the American military base True. on Cuban That's island. crazy. Yeah. Uh, Cuba doesn't have soft drinks. They don't have Coca-Cola. I forgot what it's called, but they have something called like Cuba-Cola. You know, they have their like local. Exactly. Thing. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. the major hotel. Dude, dude this again reminds yeah. me, I was living, uh, my family's house is on a building and the restaurant downstairs is Pizza Hot. <laughs> Not hot, hot. Because, you know. They really care about trademarks and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's definitely a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. I remember back then, and I know things have changed in Cuba now. There was no internet. The Hotel National, downtown Havana, had one computer that you paid money, and I would log in to send emails. Mm. Also, that place had Coca-Cola. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, little, little <laughs> like, it's funny you mentioned that. It reminds me of the little things. Uh what a great place. What an interesting place. And what a place to end my Latin American journey. Downtown Havana near Hotel Nacional, they had Esquina Caliente, which translates to the hot corner. You go there at any time and there'll be no less than like 30 men yelling at each other. Okay. Not only are they vocally yelling with their arms, they're discussing local baseball. Like, blah, 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 blah. you know, <laughs> baseball. Esquina Caliente. The hot co- anytime you're bored, you should go there. Hang out and watch like old men yelling at each other over the last baseball match. Cubans love faith, baseball. Also, Cubans are black people generally. Mm. I didn't know any of these. I remember being like, oh, I see Che Guevara and Fidel Castro, bunch of white folk. But Cuba is predominantly black. They brought a lot of slaves to Cuba to uh, work the plantations of tobacco and sugar. And during Batista's time, they were extremely racist. But with the revolution, they tried equalizing things. But nonetheless, racism exists. Um, so just little mm. things that I remember popping in my mind. So I was saying, I was getting more comfortable in Cuba as, as the, my time passed there. <clears throat> and every now and then I would meet a tourist. And uh, just, I don't want to skip any, I don't want to jump forward in the story. Just give me a second to oh. see if there's... Uh, any other details about my... T- oh, the Cuban cultural, Arab Cultural Center. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a cool experience. I remember I contacted Srot through an email being like, hey, send me books to Cuba, like Arab materials. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you and I like had a few emails back and forth when I was in Latin America. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, oh, dude, I have to mention something funny. At the time I was a student in Halifax, I finished my degree. And yeah, mama and baba didn't know I was in Cuba. Yeah. There was like six months of my life where my parents thought I like had a job in Canada and I was in Latin America. <laughs> Part of that was in Cuba. And I remember, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is relevant at all, but I, I remember I had a cell phone that would like, mama or baba would call me once a month and it'd be like $6 a minute. <laughs> all right. You know, and I'd be like, hi, baba. Yes, I am at university studying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm studying. I'm studying. Yes, so much studying. I Dude, need to go now. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've confessed to my parents about this. By the way, <laughs> okay. I remember being in Belize. 
on an island like Kit Cocker. And Belizeans are like Jamaicans. Like, yeah, man, pass the Deutschmann. Uh. <laughs> and like the waves are like smashing at night. The moon's up. Baba calls me. I'm like, I'm studying. <laughs> and then in the background, this Jamaican guy's like, yo, pass the Deutschmann. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's just like so fucking funny. And I'm like, Allah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's relevant, but... Uh, that was Very also happening relevant. in the background. <laughs> that was happening in the background of being in Cuba. So I met a, I, yeah, the Cuban Cultural Center was really good because it kind of gave me purpose, a place to go to every day. This is the, mo- the most symbolic thing when it comes to the uh, blockade with the United States and Cuba is a wall that, cir- that circles Havana, the north of Havana. It's a, a, a water break wall, like a corniche okay. wall, uh, and it's called El, El Malecon. So it's a walkway where you can go up to Tmesha to watch the sunset. And you know that 90 miles down there is Florida okay. and Key West. So this, this wall was the symbolism mm. of how they're trapped on that island, you know, with the blockade. When you speak to Cubans, they blame everything on the blockade. There's no electricity. Por qué? Ah, blaqueo. Blaqueo. Blaqueo in Spanish. Why, is there, why are you hungry today? Ah, blaqueo. Mm. Hmm. So it's, it's uh, comedic but tragic. And that wall really represented it. That's where everybody goes in the evening to walk along that wall. Mm. You know? And I spent so many nights, every night, go down to El Malecon and, and walk around. Pretty cool spot. Lively. There's dark communism, North Korea. And then there's play the guitar, drink rum, and dance. Next to the wall, communism. And that's Cuba. Okay. You know, optimistic, cool, witty, Mm. fun people. Oh, man. Speaking of music, they've got one of the best albums. My favorite albums ever. Buena Vista Social Club. Buena Vista Social Club and the song Chachan. Chachan, yes. yes. uh, Was the backdrop of my time in Cuba. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Ay, cha-chan. <laughs> Such a good track. Ay, Candela, Candela. Oh, I love Candela, candela as well. Candela, boy. <laughs> oh, Candela. Candela. Yeah. Yeah. So that whole album is really dope. And that's Cuba right there, you know? Yeah. Imagine the Melicon and a guy with a guitar in the background and just... You know the story of that album? I don't, know. Tell me. So it's like some American guy who went to Cuba and discovered all these amazing musicians. And he's like you guys are phenomenal. Like, you guys are groundbreaking. Like, we need to record all of this. Yeah. So he started recording all these amazing Cuban musicians and created this album and now it's like all-time bestseller and best album ever. Like, one of the best albums. Well, one did of they social- get any money? Uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He's like highly regarded. Like, that American guy, they love him in Cuba. Yeah. And uh, what else? And he got like a fine for... Uh, he got a $25,000 fine going to Cuba. for uh, producing something from Cuba. Yeah. Americans Buy are not America. allowed to go to Cuba from their own government. Mm. I remember actually after leaving Cuba, being in Canada and having to fly back to the Middle East via New York, I had to call Homeland Security and say, oh, I have a stamp from Cuba. Whoa. And then, the, then, then they couldn't even give me an answer if I can fly through the US. They're like, just show up. And I'm like, cancel that ticket. <laughs> I'll fly direct <laughs> via Europe. I don't trust you guys. But that album cover of Buena Vista Social Club. Yeah. It's a man walking. And behind him, you see buildings that are falling apart. And an old car. Yes, and the car, yes. That's Havana, man. Okay. The buildings are falling. Uh. Old, not restored. It's really cool. So it's alleys like that. I have the vinyl record. Yeah, man. Uh, sweet. Uh, 
Yeah, Melikon, a lot of time spent in the Melikon. At one point, I uh, I enjoyed having my routine, you know, going to the Arab Cultural Center and hanging out at the Melikon and making friends. I started meeting people, some were Arab students. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> I felt very confident in my like day-to-day skills of navigating Havana. I eventually met a girl. Her name was Milene Jaffoy. And she was a French-Canadian. Okay. And me being uh, the cool Cuban resident, I wanted to like... Show off. Show off. I'm like, hey, let me show you the real Cuba. <laughs> so uh, we uh, spent an afternoon hanging out together. And I went to El Capitol, which is their parliament, which is actually an exact replica of the parliament building of the United States of America. And hanging out at, at that area, there was a guy that had one of those super old cameras where you, you know, he covers his head with a cloth, pulls the string, and the box explodes. And then you get a Polaroid. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 I would never pay for such a thing, but this guy had, it was quite persuasive. He had a postcard, like a Havana postcard with his picture on it, <laughs> with his camera. He's like, look, I'm famous. You know, like, I'm so old that they have a postcard of me. Right. And I remember sitting with Milene Jaffoy and a Cuban boy sitting between us at the steps of El Capitol and him pulling the string and it exploded. (laughs) And then we got this Polaroid, which I have until today, which you guys definitely on your socials should share with the story. Because it's a black and white picture. Everything about it is oozing of like old school. Okay. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that every time I look at this Polaroid, it takes me back to the story I'm about to tell you. Okay. Because it's the beginning of some shit, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I'm like, great. Things are going well. I'm impressing her with this guy. Like, I didn't even know this guy who had a postcard, you know, with his picture on it is here to service us, you know, yeah. and show us a good time. So I'm like, oh, I know a place where you can get a, a drink, a social lubricant. Screw the commercial, expensive, government-run places. I know the you know the local, uh, you know, and I have real pesos, yes. local stuff. The drinks were the equivalent of twenty-five cent a drink. So we went into a bar. She got something, I got something, and you know I'm like, wait, this place is old, like old teak wood, uh-huh. falling apart. And in every establishment in Cuba, because of its communist nature at the time. They would have an economic output chart. Okay. A paper that says how much they sold last month. There's transparency. So I went. That know, is weird. That's it is weird. That's yeah, there's like cool. a, a chart of how, what's going on in this particular establishment. While we're hanging out at the bar, this annoying local came, as is the case sometimes. And he's like, buy me a drink. Buy me, you know. Okay. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation and like... Uh, beach type destination or I hate using the word third world but fuck you know you know or somebody comes up to me it's like amigo buy me this but you know and I'm you know I'm in a bit of a jolly mood Mm -hmm. I don't want to I mean it's only 25 cent a drink bought the guy a couple of drinks turned my head around to look at the production chart Uh because you know I'm so educated like that I want to see how this establishment is doing and then I hear Melinda Foy scream I turn my head and this guy that we've been buying drinks to Grabs her purse and runs. Oh shit! 
I'm like, fuck, bud. <laughs> like, oh, gee, that sucks. Without even thinking, I started running after him. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So we got a chase. Yeah, okay. An old game of cat and mouse. Okay. <laughs> in, the a- <laughs> in the alleys of Havana. And it's dark. It's late. It's late. It's not late. It's like 10 p.m., but it's pitch black dark. There's no lights in the streets. The buildings are like huge and big with balconies, but they're like falling apart, just like that album of Buena Vista. <laughs> you know? yeah. So he ran out of the bar, he's and now he's running. running. He's and running, and running. I'm running after him. Okay. I remember it so uh, vividly. I was wearing shorts and flip-flops that got repaired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were that Brazilian brand, have a... Have a Avianas or whatever, the, Brazi- the, Brazi- the one with the Brazil flag. Those yeah. flag. Anyway, I started running and they, within a minute, they like flew off my feet because you can't sprint <laughs> with flaw. You know what I mean? You can't, you, can't, you can't curl your toes. Oh, dude, I try curling. Fajr <laughs> <laughs> was like, that's why I needed to buy new ones, not repair them. So I, I started running after this guy into the darkness of the Havana alleys, which is like a million and one alleys. Yeah. Into the darkness, basically. And what seemed like in my head many minutes, which was probably like 30 seconds later, mm. he stops and grabs a rock, like a debish, you know, in his hand. Mm. And was like, yo, what up? Like, I'm going to smash you in the head if you keep running after me. Okay, like it's on. Keep in mind, um, 24. Mm. He's like a man. He's like a 30-some-year-old, like... You know, yeah. bad person, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. but I like kept distance and I kept chasing. Eventually he threw the purse and I grabbed it with the wallet in it. Okay. okay. At the very least, I recovered the goods. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if I checked at the point at that point, but there wasn't, he like took the money. Okay. But at least I had the cards and stuff. I, maybe I knew or didn't know that at the point. I just grabbed it and kept running after him. You continued. Oh Yeah. Why? Because I was personally offended. Keep in mind, in my head, I'm Che Guevara. And he's Batista. No, 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 I'm kidding. In my mind, I'm like, this guy made me look like a clown in front of this girl. And I've been living in Havana for two months. This was a Saturday night. It was my last weekend in Havana. I was flying back to Canada after two months. Fajr was like, you can't do this in my town. Yeah, yeah. basically. It's like, this is my town. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so true. I was just like, you dissed me like that? This sucks. And being a brown male in Cuba, I really fit in. Mm. But I guess there was like this white girl with me. That's why the piranhas came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hyenas. And this happened. That's true, yeah, yeah. And I felt like, you know, an idiot. But at the same time, I I needed to chase this guy. And now I started yelling in Spanish, ladron, ladron, which means thief, Uh as I'm chasing him. And sure enough, at one intersection, there was a cop who saw me running after him, yelling, ladron, ayodame, help me, thief. Uh. And the cop and I fucking jump on this guy and bring him down to the ground. Whoa. Okay. And within a minute, these big buildings, this super compressed neighborhood comes down. And there's a circle around us of what seemed like 100 people okay. watching uh, this show. Yeah, people like to watch. Of this guy with no shoes <laughs> yelling ladron, you know. <laughs> and the cop and this guy. And I remember being really cocky, like, you think, you know, I'm a gringo, you think I'm an American, like, fuck you, you're a thief, you know, yelling, I'm, 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 I'm Russian. Yeah, yeah, riled you're up. riled up, exactly. Yeah. And then a cop car comes with like a couple of cops that came out and they put the handcuffs on him. 
Uh. And I'm peacocking at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, like <laughs> and then they grab me and they put the handcuffs on me. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, wait, that's not in the script. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In my world of Che Guevara. You're a hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're both handcuffed, you know. And they throw us in the back of the car. Keep in mind, it's Saturday night. Same car? In the same car next to each other. <laughs> oh, One God. of those like old, old cars. <laughs> and uh, dude, I had plans. It's sa- the last Saturday night. You know, we were just talking about Cuba and its music. There's something called the Casa, uh, Casa de Musica. Mm. There's one Casa de Music in Havana, which is a theatrical performance of music. House of Music. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. And I want to take this girl, and I'm like, you know, I want to try. And I'm like, now handcuffed uh. next to this ladron, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No shoes. <laughs> and they throw us in the back of the car, and now we're driving towards what I understood. It's a police station. Nice. And I remember the cops yelling social slurs, like being racist against black people as they drove. Like, I remember, you know, just a gnarly scene. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, just like, you know, thinking of like, uh, oh, this country is kind of fucked. Like, they weren't like proper cops. They were like Uh, thuggish, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, like gangster cops. Yeah, and the car stalled at one point. It's such an old piece of shit that me, the guy that I'm handcuffed to, and a cop had to push it. (laughs) Push your way to jail. Behind the car, literally pushing this car to like, get it in gear and for it to start and then like try to run and jump in it. It was such a ridiculous scene. <laughs> what? Out of a movie, I swear to God, man, everything I'm telling you. And I'm just like, I'm just looking at this guy. I'm like, por qué? Like, why did you steal, man? <laughs> like, this sucks, you know? He's probably a por king for you. Like, why'd you chase? I know, I know. It's because I'm a local. <laughs> yeah. So we get to that police station. Fajr's like, I run these streets. Yeah. And he has a fedora on with a Cuban cigar. Havana Central, the police station, I've read about it. Yeah. After the revolution, Che Guevara would take Badista's people into this police station. And there was dark history of torture and pain. And I'm like, oh boy, we're going to the big house. Oh, you sure. know? Okay. We get there. They took the handcuffs off me. And immediately I got treated like the hero that I am. Okay. They asked me to retell the story. And with the best Spanish that I had, I put together a tale mm. of what happened. And I like remember telling them about the rock. And just like I told you guys, they get on the computer, they pull out my name and file, and they get my picture from the airport on the day that I arrived. I remember them showing me my picture oh, at shit. immigration. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. And... As other cops came into the police station, the cops that I told the story to would reenact my story to the other cops. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I'm in the good books. They, and I asked them what's going to happen to the guy. And they, were, they said something like he's going to go to jail for five years. Whoa. Yeah. Like, I have to say, this is a bad exa- story about Cuba. It's not, it doesn't really. Cuba is extremely safe. Yeah, yeah. Out of every Latin American country, Fidel and his brother, Raul, got that shit tight in security okay yeah i mean <coughs> they were able to pull up your picture from the airport that's yeah i mean you know they ran the thing in their records and something but what i mean is cuba is extremely safe this never happens cuba is like yeah. a dictatorship like i would imagine saddam hussein's iraq like you know it's locked down yeah so this is a rare case and they punish criminals harsh okay nonetheless because it was saturday night i had to spend the night in jail uh-huh. But are they, they've understood that you're innocent. They understood I'm cool. Okay. And then they like put me in a cell with the guy 
Why? Why? I don't know. I had to like hang out till Monday morning to get out. Whoa. Yeah, man. Why? They didn't give you any explanation? No. It was Saturday night. It was the weekend. Do you think... It's one of those countries where they need like somebody to press the button to do the right decision. Sign off on a form. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you think it's because you were like at a local place buying local prices was that no 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 this it? had nothing to do with it they didn't care about that no no they didn't care about any of that no it was all about like the criminal situation that took place okay but what man, was it like it was it like in there i remember sleeping like on the ground like there were a bunch of people in there i was the only foreigner and i remember like the whole night i'm like yo amigo por qué? <laughs> <laughs> like, why man i bought you but like i bought you what the hell man what, what did he answer You're so, you know it's like um, you know like uh, just gibberish okay <clears throat> Yeah, I remember getting served rice and beans, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, I could really go for some of that window pizza. <laughs> like, I don't have and that. the ice cream. They have this thing, man, it, like it comes in a cardboard box, rice and beans. Point is, <clears throat> Monday morning, oh. they let me out. Okay. At the station, Melania Jafar is there. Okay. Oh. With my flip-flops. Oh. Whoa. She's, uh-huh. she's, she's and you have her one. bag. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had her bag and everything. Oh. Never saw her again because I had to go. I flew back home like the oh. next day. She was. She will forever tell the tale, though, Yes. of the boy who chased down the criminal in the streets. I guess oh, she like of, went of, of after. Che, of Che Guevara who ran after Baptiste. <laughs> yeah, Baptiste he liberated my wallet. <laughs> from the, so, yeah, that was kind of like my last 72 hours in, in Cuba after two months. I remember I got an illegal taxi, of course, to get to the airport <laughs> where we went to an illegal gas station to fill up gas, like in a bucket. When we go down the hill, they turn the car off, you know? Oh. And because it's, it's an illegal hybrid. car, they have to drop you off like far from the airport. And I hiked to the airport. Right. But okay. nonetheless, he got caught, my driver. And then they started talking to me in Spanish. And I'm like, sorry, I don't speak Spanish. They're like, oh, sir, how? And they started speaking to me in English. So I started speaking to them in Arabic. Wow. <laughs> you know? I'm yeah. like, <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Pleasure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one-upping their one-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, that was my time in that country. Thank you so much for listening. If you're looking for more episodes, you can always support us on Patreon and unlock exclusive stories. The link to our Patreon is in the description. You can also find us on Instagram where we post funny internet memes all the time. Thanks again, and we'll catch you on the flip side.